I always go guest experience and then revenue. So always focus on the guest experience as number one. Never do anything that's going to impact the, the guest experience just for a dollar because you're going to, to make up <laughs> a considerable amount of money more than that dollar by fo always focusing and keeping the end customer in mind first. Welcome to the Attraction Pros Podcast, where we discuss the latest trends and challenges facing the attractions industry today. We chat with some of the top leaders in the field and provide resources that will help develop your career in this great industry. I am Josh Liebman. I am obsessed with the guest experience and helping attractions make that their top priority for success. And I'm Matt Heller. I am passionate about organizational effectiveness, leadership development, and employee engagement. Now sit upright, hold on tight, and get ready for the Attraction Pros Podcast. Keep connecting with IAPA in 2024. Join your colleagues and peers at the IAPA FEC Summit from January 21st to the 23rd in San Antonio, Texas. Or plan to celebrate the industry's most significant achievements at the new IAPA Honors Event held in conjunction with the IAPA North America Summit, March 3rd through the 5th in Las Vegas. We can't wait to see you there. Visit IAPA.org. That's I-A-A-P-A dot org for more information. Hey, Josh, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm doing great. How are you? I am fantastic. Wow, that's so many A's and a <laughs> lift up near the end. That's exciting. It is exciting. It's exciting to uh, always be here to uh, do a podcast with you. And I have a question for you. Okay. I want you to think back and you can pick one of the parks that you worked at. I know you've worked at a number of them. Can you tell me from your recollection what the number one complaint was? Like just overarching, like the yeah. worst complaint I, I ever got? Not, not, not necessarily the worst like, complaint, but like the most common. Most common, most common complaint. Um, it, so here's, here's one that, that sticks out here. And in, uh, in Orlando, in, in all of Central Florida, the busiest week of the year is the week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, almost seems like the entire world just descends upon <laughs> Central Florida and the highways are clogged and you know the, the lines are crazy. And those that are using dynamic and demand-based pricing are making a whole lot of money. And the biggest complaint that I recall seeing, you know, people complain about crowds, people complain about wait times, but I would see the phrase herded like cattle come up so much in guest feedback where they say we we felt like we were herded like cattle so it's not just it it's not that they were complaining that the line was long it's almost like they were complaining that they're trying so hard to be efficient that they're stripping out the actual experience from it and they're just moving along so that's what sticks out to me was that a pun they're moving along I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, I think so. Th there's a there's a reason behind my question, um, and my first gut reaction and gut memory is about team members. 
right? As people would complain about the team member that treated them unfairly or the fact that one person said one thing and somebody else said something else, right? And they got different information from different people. Um, I found that to be a, um, a, a common complaint in a number of places that I worked. And the reason that I think I gravitate toward that is because that was sort of my focus, right? Mm. Especially when I was at Universal, I was focused on lead and supervisor and management training. So I was wanting them to be able to train their frontline team members in the best way possible. So as I would read a complaint or a, a, a piece of feedback from a guest, that's where I would hone in on. And it's so interesting because our guest today talks a lot about that, where if you ask the parking attendant what the biggest complaint is, chances are it's going to be about parking. If you ask the food and beverage person what the biggest complaint is, they're probably going to talk about food and beverage, which means that in order to get the big picture, you got to get all the information. You have to cast a wider net, uh, which is really what this conversation is all about. May I give a shameless plug here? Of course. So chapter nine of my book, The Hospitality <laughs> is called Optimize Your Feedback Loop. And it is about aggregating that guest feedback to be able to understand what the largest concern is. And I use a couple of examples that uh, what we get to hear today, very similar types of examples of being able to understand what are the biggest concerns or, or what is the one big issue that if we resolve that, it can cascade into a number of other benefits or, or smaller issues that then that then dissolve or then we go on to the next biggest issue and we work on resolving that as well. So you mentioned our guest. His name is Jamie Flaherty. He is the Vice President of Business Development and Marketing for NetServe Applications, and he oversees Totfum Insights, which works with attractions of various scopes and sizes, amusement parks, zoos, museums, aquariums, uh, even airports as well, to be able to gather guest feedback from multiple different sources online. So social media, online reviews, places where people are talking about you and is able to help understand through artificial intelligence and sentiment analysis, not just looking at, you know, somebody give you five stars on Google reviews, it aggregates that. But no, it's actually about the words that people are using and the tone that they are using to be able to express what their experience was like. And in particular, what went really well and what didn't go so well and helps the uh, the operator and, and the attraction uh, really understand what is that big issue that we need to focus on. Well, and what's so cool about the way he talks about it is, you know, we, we've talked about tech a lot on, on the Attraction Pros podcast because tech is obviously a huge part of the business. But using this to better understand where those pinch points are and better understand what those steps are that you can take to alleviate those pinch points. So like you said maybe cascade out, you know, if you fix that one big problem that, you know, you can you can tell by looking at all the data, and then that can really have an impact on so many other things. But it's not just about the negative. It's not just about the, the complaints. It's also about enhancing or or focusing on those things that you might be doing well, or that people are saying, hey, we want more of this, and that can turn into revenue opportunities or at least ways that you can really enhance the guest experience so that when they go back out and they're now, you know, uh, providing another review, now they're providing a positive review, review, whereas before maybe they provided something that that wasn't so positive, but at least you could learn from. 
Yeah, yeah. Or amplifying those positive views. What yep. do we need to do more of? What can we charge more of? What can we, uh, you know, can we can we push this one particular product more because it it's very favorable? Uh, another thing too is Jamie's been in the industry for quite a while. He says he attends about 20 trade shows a year. So you may have seen his face. If you haven't, look out for him because whatever trade show you're at, he just might be there. Uh, he talks about uh, the way that, uh, you know, we, we talk, I would say a little bit about networking and really kind of building your community within the industry. And in particular, he uses the phrase riding the ride. Um, and uh, I, I won't go too much into it, but just hearing his perception on that and, and the way that when you go to these types of events, yeah, you're busy. Yeah. It's really stressful. Uh, yeah. You're, you might be slammed all day long, but to make time to be able to enjoy those experiences as well. So should we make time for Jamie's interview and let's get to it? Let's get to it. Hey, Jamie, welcome to the Attraction Pros podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you both for, for having me. Uh, looking forward to the, to the next hour. Absolutely. So are we. Um, if you could start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your career, that'd be amazing. Yeah, Sure. Um, so I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Very proud of that. I don't hide it all that much. <laughs> um, but I, I'm a graduate of Indiana University of Pennsylvania. It's about an hour outside of Pittsburgh. I graduated with a, man a business management degree. Uh, from there, uh, really is, you know, I, I jumped right in to guest experience and using technology to improve that guest experience. Uh, that has kind of stuck with me uh, from from my first career out, out of college. But out of college, I, I joined up with a company that uh, it was a startup company. And we were setting up off-campus meal plans for colleges and universities. Uh, at the time, there was only probably five or six of these, the, these types of programs out there where you could use your student ID card at local restaurants and businesses around town. Um, we quickly grew that company to probably 50 within the first year, year and a half, two years, something like that. Uh, and it just expanded from there. Um, and we ended up selling that company to Sodexo, uh, I think four or five years later. Um, but that's where I really gained my appreciation for using technology to increase the end customer experience. In that case, it was the students. I was a recent student, so I knew what they were going through. Uh, it made it quite easy. Um, but I was tired of eating at the dining halls and things like that, and that's what those programs did. Uh, now, if you look at any college or university, they pretty much all have something like that uh, today where you can use your student ID card to, to buy pizza and, and food out in regular restaurants, not just the dining halls. Uh, it was a great organization, great great team. I'm still really good friends with a lot of people I met back then. But again, that's where I, I gained my experience for for using the technology uh, to to impact uh, end user experiences. Uh, I hung out, hung around that company for a couple of years, uh, jumped around a little bit, and then joined uh, up with Gateway Ticketing Systems, which is where I learned my love for the attraction world. Um, in that role, I managed accounts, I sold new customers, I worked with hundreds of attractions all over the world, uh, managed teams, but 
again, using the, the technology to impact the guest experience in the attraction world. Uh, it's, it, it, there's, there's nothing like it in, in my opinion. Um, because we, you know, we all go to attractions, uh, whether it's zoos or aquariums, museums, theme parks, any of those types of attractions. And again, it's very easy to, to work in businesses like that and push software because I, I, I'm kind of the end customer too, right? I go to these places and I know what I, I want when I, when I walk in the door. So it kind of makes it uh, easier for, to, uh, easier for everyone in that case to, uh, to be able to use the, the software and, and, and talk about it through, uh, making the, making the experience better is really what I'm trying to say. So I did that for, for 10 years. Um, again, worked with hundreds of attractions all, all over the place, uh, all over the world, got to travel, um, still traveling with, with, within the current role and the, the places that this industry gets uh, allows us to go is just uh, outstanding, right? <laughs> but uh, I did again did that for ten years. Joined up with with NetServe most recently. NetServe is an IT uh, company, IT and engineering company. Uh, they do we do have a product called Tapham Insights, which specifically focuses around the attraction world. And what that product does is it aggregates all your social media and uh, comments and reviews into a central location on top of any surveys that you're doing. I mean, we're doing surveys all over the place. You know, there's QR codes popping up everywhere. You have everything from pre-visit uh, surveys, uh, on-site surveys, post-visit surveys, uh, Facebook, Google, Yelp, <laughs> you know, the list goes on, Instagram, YouTube. The list goes on and on and on, and there's there's just so much data that's out there talking around the guest experience. And what our product Tapfum does is it, it aggregates all that to a central location and allows you to report more easily on it. It tells you what you're doing right, kind of what you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. So that's what brought me here today uh, in, in my career. Excellent. Uh Jamie, I, I know we've known each other for a few years, but I feel like I just learned a lot about you, especially with your your first business there and the uh, and the exit and uh, and then kind of focusing on the technology and then and then using that to really develop your passion for the guest experience, which then led you into the attractions industry. Uh, curious as far as maybe like the intersection with where you know where your background was in the industry with ticketing with what you're doing now so how is the expertise you you know you, you gained a lot of knowledge over that time you know with gateway and understanding how how technology from the ticketing and point of sale side of things impacts the guest experience how is that serving you now in your role with netserve overseeing Tapum? yeah and i would say i expanded beyond just my my time at gateway i'd expand it back to to my previous company with off-campus solutions as well uh, but that, that's a great question. I think the, the intersection is really um, the, the experience from going on these sites and, and, and even in the ticketing world, uh, not just Gateway, I'm sure other ticketing companies do it as well, but you're, you're so much more than just working with selling a ticket. You know, the, the experience that, that you get from, from both, both of those careers that I had is you have to see the bigger picture when you're going, when you're working with customers, especially with the, you know, a product that really is the core of their business, right? 
none of these places survive without a, a strong system to collect money. <laughs> and when you're having those discussions, when, when we're going on sites and going to trade shows, you're hearing nonstop stories of, you know, bo both great, good stories, bad stories, horror stories of technology being successful and, and driving revenue and helping the guest experience. But also the, the horror stories of, of that same situation and what you have to do to kind of crawl out of it. Um, there, there's, there's technology all, all over the place that, um, that affects the experience way more than people realize. I mean, us in the industry, we, we get it um, just from, from the shows that we go to and walking parks. But to, to the general public, when, the, when they're going through sites, they don't want to know the technology because you know, chances are it failed, right? And if, if, if they remember, you know, I think you guys said it a couple of episodes ago, uh, but if, if they remember the experience of buying a ticket or entering a park, chances are it's for a negative reason. So I, I have a lot of those experiences from work, being able to, to work with a couple hundred attractions all, all over the place. And I think that really resonates. And that's why I, I came to NetServe because of that tap from product, being able to, to influence that. Uh, a lot of times when a, uh, you know, a, a park manager will say, what's the biggest challenge we're facing? What, what are people complaining about? Um, the, the answer you always get if you ask that question to, to park staff is going to be something that affects them the most, right? If you ask a parking attendant what the biggest complaint is, they're going to say something around parking because that's what they know. If you ask a ticketing person, they're going to say the, you know, the system isn't working. They're going to blame the hardware or something along those lines. But what I really want to do, and the, you know, what I'm trying to to get word out about is really use the data that's there. You know, you're you're getting there's reviews all over the place. Uh, I gave a presentation last week uh, or a couple weeks ago at, at Vex, the Visitor Experience Group conference, and uh, I, I had a slide that is a little risky to put up uh, in a, a circumstance like that. But the 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 headline on the slide said, "Do not trust your guest experience team." Now, everyone in the room is on the guest experience team, so I kind of backed up when I said it. And the, the, the point of that is you shouldn't have to trust your guest experience team to answer the question of, hey, what's the biggest complaint? The, the customers give you that data through all these other channels, through Facebook reviews, Google reviews, Yelp, TripAdvisor. But the, the information is there. And it's more spread out than just taking the, the 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 blinded look from, you know, your staff that really focuses on one one or two certain areas of the business. Whereas if you're pulling all this data from the the pre and post visit surveys, maybe your annual pass surveys, membership surveys, and all this data that's out there from social media, that's a that that's a much wider audience. And once you aggregate that information using either Tafum or any, there's plenty of tools out there. So even if you don't use mine, use something, but rely on the data that, that that's out there in the in the general public, 
because they're the ones that are sitting at home taking the time to tell you about their experience. Once you have that ag aggregated, you can see what, what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. The things that you're doing wrong, you obviously want to go through and, and address. And the things you're doing right are probably the things you can charge more money for <laughs> and look to drive revenue. Um, but those are the things, obviously, you want to highlight more in your marketing and, and, and things like that. And that's what really attracted me to, to the, the Tapham product. JB, it's really fascinating because I never thought of it in that way that, you know, when you ask people in certain departments, they're going to talk about what they experience every day. It makes total sense, right? Um, when you think about what they are going through and, and how they are experiencing the job from an, from an employee standpoint. But I'm curious now that we're talking about this much wider net and this much bigger audience, are you able to say with that bigger audience and with that that um, that that wider scope, are you now able to say this is what the true um, uh, biggest complaint is, or this is what people are talking about most often uh, from that wider audience? Yeah, absolutely. So good good use case there, uh, and uh, I won't say the attraction name. We'll just say a customer of ours came to us years ago, and this is before I got here. I've talked talked it over with them just so I had a full understanding of it. But an attraction came to us and they said, "Hey, can your product do just that? Can can they tell us what the biggest complaint is?" So we, we you know we ex went through the product. We we showed them how to use it and showed them the the ups and downs. But yeah, it, at the end of the day, they used they were able to use the product to narrow down and really focus on on one core issue. And the issue for that customer happened to be crowd. So the, the it was just overcrowded. They, they only have, a, it's an indoor uh, attraction. So you only have so much space indoors, right? So once they once they narrowed it down to crowd being the number one reason why they got lower ratings, then they use that data to say, okay, what do we do about it? You know, we can't put a third floor on. <laughs> That's just not possible. We can't expand out because we're, we're you know, we're landlocked uh, a little bit in, in terms of that. Um, so what do we do? We can limit the number of tickets we sell, but we don't necessarily want to do that uh, because we have the, technically we have the room. We can look at the guest flow and see how people are coming in, flowing through the experience. Um, but they even took a step back at that point. They started asking themselves those questions, and then they even took a step back from that and said, well, wait, where is the crowding? Is it at the ticketing booth? Is it at the access point? Is it at a certain piece of the attraction once they're in? Is it at the food and beverage? Is it at the retail? So they had to look at all those aspects, which doesn't necessarily always show up in the reviews that you get. So at that point, they, they, they came to the conclusion that it was really around the experiences inside. It wasn't the, the ticketing booth. It wasn't retail. It wasn't food and beverage. Those, those seemed to be okay. It was really around the experiences indoors that they were, that the overcrowding was taking place. So from there, they said, okay, well, you know, we can try things like holding experiences you know, one-off experiences in the slower parts of the venue. Um, we could have 
you know, pet the animal over here in this area that doesn't get a lot of traffic or, you know, face painting over here, things like that to, to kind of disperse the crowd. So they did a little bit of that and really they did more research on something like uh, dynamic pricing. So let's shift some of the people that the local people that are here, let's shift those crowd, that crowd to Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday and Wednesday. I think they're closed Mondays, but let's shift them to another portion of the week. And that's the route they ended up going. So they implemented dynamic pricing all because of what they found was the number one biggest complaint. The attendance actually went up <laughs> and because of that revenue went up as well. But the, the overall rating that they were keeping track of within the system increased as well. So they, they weren't great. They weren't getting as many complaints about crowd, even though that there was more people coming in the door because some of those local people are now coming during the week when it's less busy and things like that. So again, it ties back to using technology, taking an honest look at, at the attraction itself and saying, okay, this is what our customers are saying. You know, they're, they're out there saying these things to the general public and taking the time to tell us, we just have to figure out a way to listen to them. Hmm. I love this case study in the story. And you know, this is stuff I can nerd out about all day long, right? Using guest <laughs> feedback to, to improve the experience. And particularly one of the things that I've been saying for years is that the solution is not always the opposite of the problem. So if your biggest problem is crowds, you even pointed out the default solution is, well, let's make it less crowded by, by reducing our capacity, but saying, mm -hmm. no, we can actually pull back. We can look at the perception. We can dive a little bit deeper, disperse the crowds, shift things throughout the building, shift things to different days, et cetera. And then attendance went up. So they, they actually did the opposite of less crowds. They actually got more crowds, I'm saying with air quotes, but there was a better flow and a better uh, and a better source of feedback. Yeah. I want to ask this one question, and uh, it, it's something I, I think I know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I think you have a really good answer to it as well. And it's that if, if let's say, and kind of continuing on this example of, you know, they learned that crowds is their biggest complaint, wouldn't they probably know that already? Wouldn't they, just by being on the floor, being in the building, being right there in the experience... Uh, to be able to say, okay, here's, you know, we're, we're getting the data, but we already know that crowds are our biggest complaint. Sure. Um, there, there's a couple of different ways to, to look at that, but the best way I'll answer that is more often than not, you, you're going to have some kind of idea what the biggest complaint is, right? A lot of times, I mean, I have access to see a lot of data now, like price, price is always one of them. Nobody goes on and says, oh, the, the, the price is great. <laughs> um, but they're always going to say, you know, it's, it's iffy for, 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 for what you get. That that's the most common one. But yeah, most places are going to see that, that or mo most places are going to understand what, what their biggest one or two or three complaints are. The thing, the difference is being able to, to take that and say, okay, we know people complain that it's crowded, but when you really drill down and take the time to, to read through the comments that, that are talking about the crowd, that's where the true understanding comes in. So they were able to use the data to say, okay, nobody's complaining about the long food line or the line to, to get in the door. 
they're they're, they're going to know that okay it's space and then just because i've been in sales a long time as well i always go guest experience and then revenue so always focus on the guest experience as number one never never impact never do anything that's going to impact the the guest experience just for a dollar because you're going to to make up the considerable amount of money more than that dollar by fo- always focusing and keeping the end customer in mind first so if, if they know that it's crowding now you you aggregate that data and you say okay it's not just a certain crowd that's saying it, it's um it, it, it is crowded a uh, certain audience because you're doing the post visit surveys you're doing Facebook, you're doing, it's, it's, it's across all these different channels and platforms. Uh, and when you do that, it's starting to mix the ages and it, it's bringing in a lot more, uh, a lot more valuable data spread across different age ranges and, 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 and things like that, that are going to, really allow you to drill down and figure out what the next level of that is. Everybody can probably say what the, again, what their one and two biggest complaints is, but taking it to the next level using the data is really where, where the game changer comes in. So Jamie, you said something um, pretty fascinating to me, at least um, a little while ago, you said a lot of fascinating things, but the thing that really, caught my mind was, you know, you talk about the good things that we get from that data as well. You know, it's not just about complaints, although I think that's where a lot of people naturally gravitate toward because we want to fix those things, right? And good operators want to fix what's wrong and and make the most of their operation. But you also said, hey, there might be some good things in there that maybe you can charge more for, or maybe you can accentuate more in your operation. Um, do you have any case studies or, or, or thoughts on that and what people should be looking for in their data that, you know, yes, it's a great compliment, but how can we now maximize that in our business? Yeah, there's a couple of things around that. And it's not always about a product either. Um, sometimes you can make money by uh, uh, other avenues just rather than increasing price. Uh, a good example around that, and then I'll, I'll, I'll jump to another one for to answer that more directly is, so we had another customer come and say, uh, you know, we're only opened for 120 days a year. So that kind of limits us, right? It's, it's somebody in the North and <laughs> it's an out, outdoor venue, right? So it's, uh, we're only open 120 days a year. Staffing we know is ridiculously challenging right now all across the industry and not just our industry, but everywhere it seems. So they were getting a request internally to uh, hire more people to handle incoming emails and questions from their their website and through over the phone but you don't necessarily want if you're only open 120 days a year you don't necessarily want to put too many people back a house right you want them in the parks in, in the attraction and, and helping guest facing being more guest facing so they said okay well why do we need so many people back a house answering these questions and it turned to okay let's let's use the data that's coming in from our these email addresses 
So they hooked Tap them up to their email addresses and said, okay, what's the biggest complaint we're getting via, via email? So it's not necessarily just a survey. Now it's an email. So now they have all the good they have all the complaints that are coming in and all the positive things coming in via email. And what they were able to do is they were able to, to shift people from the back of house by making operational changes to address these questions that were coming in. So they handled they they shifted uh, they they shifted the answers to kind of put the, to increase their, their uh, frequently asked questions. So a lot of questions come in, they handled things through technology and they were able to take three or four of the people from back of house, move them out, out into the general public. So that's one example of just using data. It didn't answer your exact question there, but it, it's using the data in a different way mm -hmm. to impact revenue because now they have three more people out increasing revenue. So to, to answer your direct question of, hey, look at the good things too. Um, an easy one there is look at the, you know, find out what the products are that people are talking about online. So if everyone's talking about the lanyards, you know, I'm, I'm big on theming. So I, I like, you know, pushing lanyards and t-shirts and anything with, that has branding on it uh, out as much as, as as much as possible. So if a lot of people are talking about branded lanyards or a t-shirt or food and beverage is the easy, easiest one, I think. So if everyone's really liking the fudge or the, the pizza or what, whatever it is, then you increase the marketing of that product, whether it's on your social media or through maybe not discounts, but the availability of it or reminding people in parks, just giving them an easier way to purchase the, those products. And at the same time, if it does come back to revenue, then sure, the, the next season you, you increase that a little bit more because everybody's coming back for it. Everyone's talking about it. The same goes for, for spe special rides. If you have the, uh, the, the add-on experiences within your attraction, maybe it's a 4D theater or something along those lines, if everybody's talking about how great that is, then sure, look look to increase the revenue of it. Package it with something else that maximizes your revenue. It helps the guest experience. It drives revenue. Everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I love that everybody's happy component of it because there's yeah, there's higher revenue for the business and also higher guest satisfaction as well. And when those two happen simultaneously, then that's 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 the best we can ask for. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done a lot of uh, research into online reviews and guest feedback, and I, I was I was working with a client a uh, number of years ago, and we were doing a a price to value comparison, and I was looking particularly as to what people were looking at in relation to price and what people were looking at in relation to value, and look at those as, as different things because value is saying like, is it worth it? The price is. It was expensive. It was cheap, but value is, you know, it, it's not worth the money. You know, uh, you know, don't go there. You know, et cetera. It's kind of related to the quality of the experience, uh, and kind of to to the points that you're making here. Uh, we found that value perception was almost way too high compared to price sensitivity. So we actually looked at it, and they they increased their their ticket price, their overall ticket price, by five dollars 
And another thing that that also um, was perceived very highly as well was their uh, refillable souvenir cup, right? Mm-hmm. So they uh, they put more effort into merchandising that just to move more of those. I think they may have increased it by a dollar or so, but we then did the same analysis a, a year later and there was minimal movement, it, you know, mi- minimal complaints that came in of saying it's too expensive. What I've found to be the best statement that guests can say is it was expensive, but it was worth it. And I tend to see those around not just the basic uh, ticket options, but the VIP tours and the add-on experiences and the you know the, the things that that people might be uh, doing for a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. If it's like the the penguin encounters at the aquariums and and things like that. Um, and I'm actually curious, this might be kind of a, a, a granular, maybe tech question, but if somebody says it was expensive, but it was worth it, I, I am curious as far as how how that's categorized. Is that is that categorized as a complaint because the word expensive was used or they're tying in the value? So is it overall a, a net positive and saying, hey, here's an opportunity where you've got, where you've got more revenue potential? Yeah, so th- that's an interesting one. So that... I mean, tying it back to, to our product a little bit, um, it does perform the sentiment analysis, which is kind of the differentiator. It it not it, it doesn't just take the the rating that you get that a customer gives on you know Google reviews. So five star might be a five star, but they might say four or five bad things in there, and the the tap from product allows. Uh, it adjusts for 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 the sentiment piece of it, um, and it does analyze that that type of uh, of wording. So, if it says too expensive, but then it's probably going to put it middle of the road somewhere. Um, if they say uh, some, you know that they, they they again they could give you a, a one star, but say. The rides were great. The food was fantastic. The parking was easy, but it rained, right? We've all been there. We've all seen those one-star reviews or something completely out of out of your your control, right? Um, it, it's going to uh, adjust for things like that um, along those lines. Yeah, sure. It's it, it's going to see the butt and it's going to see the 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 words after that are all positive. And it'll put it in negative light or positive light in that instance. Yep. So, Jamie, I'm curious. You mentioned uh, earlier being a consumer of the product as well as you know someone who works in the industry. And um, I always find it fascinating to talk to people about how they see a facility. You know, are you able to go in and kind of turn off the brain a little bit, or are you always sort of thinking of ways? Oh, I see this over here. I see this over here. So, I'm curious when you go to a facility, you know, maybe with your family or friends. What is Jamie's brain doing? Are you thinking of things all the time or are you able to turn that off and just enjoy the attraction for what it is? Uh, absolutely not. I cannot turn it off. <laughs> there's no there's no chance of that happening. <laughs> uh, I, I haven't worked in the college and university uh, world in 13 years and I still walk in to a restaurant and think why they don't have, why they don't accept the, the off-campus meal plan card. <laughs> um, so 
Yeah, I, I'm always looking at it, and I'm sure you guys are. Everyone in the industry is like that. The real, the, the passion shows, right? And it's real hard to turn that off. Um, we've made a couple of trips. I have a six and a nine year old, and my wife and I took them on a couple of trips this summer, and it, it just drives her nuts because we're going through we're going through the the, the turnstiles at, you know at the front gate, and I'm taking pictures and. Uh, I'm seeing how the arms are turned and if there's music playing and if there's lights on, I mean, it's, it's, it's nonstop. And then when I'm in there, I, I just complain that I have to wait in line and I don't have fast pass. And <laughs> it, 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 uh, I try my best to keep the smile on, but it's probably uh, an awful experience for my wife who, who more power to her for putting up with me through that, but uh, I can't turn it off. Um, but again, I, I love it. The the passion's there. And you know, it's um uh, you're you're always learning. Um uh, and the the more you experience and the more you're analyzing while you are walking through a park, um, uh, the the more you know, you take that back and you know, we all work with different attractions and just sharing stories and helping other people through scenarios. Uh, that that's where you, you know, that's how you're able to do it. And by having that experience and, and seeing different ways of, of, of doing something allows us to, to help other attractions when, when they come and ask us questions or we're having open discussions at IAPA or any of the other trade shows throughout the course of the year. I mean, I've never been a part of an organization that shares more information with their competitors than attractions. <laughs> <laughs> and you see it all the time and you hear it all the time. I mean, listen to any of the, uh, even your show. I mean, people come on and they, they share their secrets because they don't want other attractions to have to go through the, the trials and the, that, that they went through. And it's just, it, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing, uh, industry to, to be in, but, yeah, walk, walking through the park, um, I mean, I probably have more pictures of hardware than I do the kids at some some, some of the attractions I've been to over the years. <laughs> so so nobody likes going through your pictures so when you when you come back, right? <laughs> um, I, I do. <laughs> right, you do. Right? Your, your friends and colleagues but, in the industry are, right? <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, there, there's another picture of a turnstile. There's another another picture of the handheld. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's an elephant. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> turnstile, turnstiles, turn family, turnstile, turnstile. Yeah. Turn. <laughs> um, on that note, though, uh, you mentioned your kids, ages six and nine years old. Uh, how have they influenced your view of the guest experience? And have they changed the way you think and the way that you look at it? Because you're a different consumer now than you were 10 years ago or when you first started working in the industry. Yeah, I mean that that's it, they change my perception all the time because I'm looking at things more as a parent obviously. Uh, I'm looking at more safety things. Uh, I'm more safety conscious when just just walking walking through the parks. Uh, but yeah, they that the, that definitely changes things and I mean again this summer we we got to to we had the advantage to to go to quite a quite a few attractions this summer as we have over the last ten years, but now that they're a little more mobile, the six year old is is riding the bigger rides. 
and, and wanting to to experience more of the rides and maximize the time. Now, I always again, it ties back to to technology with me and using technology to better the guest experience. So, if there's a a, a better handheld or a better um, queuing line that that I see that I can share with another park, then I'm I'm, I'm picking up more on that now because it's more important now to me to get through the line quicker because my six-year-old doesn't want to wait, right? <laughs> no, nobody wants to wait in line. And when they come off the ride, they want to eat quick and get a drink and go on the next ride. That's just the way it is. So looking at it from their perspective has definitely changed um, my way of walking through a park for sure. Jamie, where do you see the technology going? Not, you know, not to, not to get you to reveal any secrets of things you guys are working on, but just in terms of even from your standpoint as a consumer, like where do you see things going that um, that we haven't even seen yet? Yeah, it's it's hard to say. Uh, there, there's so many. I mean, every year you you you, I, it's like my Christmas, and other people think this too. Going going to Orlando uh, the week before Thanksgiving, I just can't imagine not doing it. I, I love that week so much. Not only because it's a huge networking uh, event, but to see that new technology that just continues to evolve year after year, and to be able to see just the creativity of some of these tech pieces of technology coming out is uh, I just live for it every year where I see it going. I mean, the, the more digital, you know, that we can go, um, paper, you know, it's been years now that people, uh, the attraction world is going away from the straws and the, the one-time use of paper and things like that, the, the plastics and, uh, get, getting away from those things, going more digital, making it more interactive. People love pictures today, so you know I see continually see the 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 need and the desire to go. Maybe facial is the next big thing. I, I really don't know when it comes to to that because you know I, I I know it's it's working elsewhere. Will it work in the states? I'm sure it will at, at some point. I know we're tend to we tend to be slower adopters on, on things like that, but um, to me, every everyone has their phone, right? How how far are your phones away from you right now? They're probably sitting with within arm's reach, right? <laughs> and and uh, you know everything is accessible there. You know, I have my pictures, and that when when we go to these places, I want to put my phone down. No, I don't want to carry my phone. I don't want to be the one to take the pictures other than maybe the hardware because I know that nobody will do that for me. But if, you know, I, I want those action pictures of, of my kids and, and things like that. But at the same time, I know that it has to be secure for me because I think that's big in the industry as well is, hey, only take my picture if if I'm comfortable with it and things like that. So I think the technology is is slowly getting to that point of, allowing us to customize the experience. And I think that's that's 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever level we're on at this point is having that customized experience so that I know what I'm getting involved in when I go into the park and my expectations of that are exceeded. How can the technology exceed, make sure that my 
my expectations are exceeded every single time I walk into an attraction. And I might've been at that attraction 10 other times, but when I walk in this time, I want it to be a little bit different and I want it to be better than the last time I was here. Now, whether that's the technology or whether it's the technology saying, hey, you might need another person or a couple more people in this area to influence the guest experience because there's a long line. If there's a long line, then what can you do to entertain those people in that queuing line to make it a better experience? And then at the end of the day, it comes down to the people as well. I mean, interacting with with the guests um, is just so crucial. That can really make or break a, a visit. Um, and it can be just this very small thing. Uh, Josh, you wrote about it in, in one of your blogs uh, a couple of weeks ago from the experience that we had in Houston. I mean, that that made that made Josh's trip. <laughs> it really did. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a picture small... of a dinosaur. Check it out on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the small experience. If if you can have one guest, or one one employee change the the perception of that day and it might be the, the something really bad might have happened or you, you the uh, your employee might be walking by a family of four and there's there's no smiles on the face if that person can walk up to that that those guests and say hey doesn't look like you know, it things don't things aren't always as go as they plan right and how how can I help make this experience better? Is there a, is there something I can point me some direction I can point you? Uh, are you hungry? Like do you, do you need quiet space? You know, the, you see a lot of the quiet spaces showing up uh, around attractions now. So making sure that that guest knows that and empowering the guest, empowering the employee to positively impact the guest experience is absolutely priceless. I know I tend to focus on, on the technology, but at the end of the day, it comes down to the people. Well said, absolutely. And, and now I've got my gears turning onto how all of that then fits into kind of the, the future of guest feedback and the way that people are leaving reviews. You know, TripAdvisor and Google Reviews, they're still, you know, behemoths in their own right, but also thinking about the TikTok and the Instagram generation. If somebody's walking through a park or an attraction and they just have their phone and they're just talking, now we're thinking, oh, okay, AI can transcribe that, turn that into a written review that then potentially be funneled into something like TopVum and then goes back into the, or, you know, can AI recognize, hey, here's a picture on Instagram or on Twitter or on X or whatever it's called of an <laughs> overflowing trash can, you know, something like that. That's not in the review, being able to, you know, find find new sources of it. And that, I don't know, maybe that's a, a start of a whole nother conversation going into the into the future here. But as we, as we start to wrap this up here, uh, we do have another question for you. And that is around the phrase, ride the ride, knowing that that is something that uh, I believe I've seen you say it in presentations before. Curious as far as where that came from and what's the meaning behind it? Yeah. So ride the ride started uh, many years ago at this point, but uh, we work in an awesome industry. It's a fun, it's an industry built around fun. And sometimes, especially on the M&S side and manufacturer and supplier side, sometimes it, we either forget that or we're too scared to to embrace it. 
And what I mean by that is we've all uh, we've all been there where we we post about a conference that we went to, and the pictures include us riding roller coasters or petting exotic animals or you know we're just out there having fun. And that's sometimes the you know the the families and friends see that, and we've heard the comment of oh yeah you're working real hard down there in Orlando right riding all those roller coasters. But they don't see the hours. You know, we don't post the the boring pictures of us standing in in, in booths just having conversations. <laughs> um, so you know, I I had a sales team and and we you know I, I always encourage them to to ride the ride. And what I meant by that was take the time out if you have the opportunity to to ride the new ride or to take ten minutes uh, uh, away from you know, talking with prospects or guests to experience something that you might not get to do every day, then do it. Because one, you're you're going to be much happier. And happy happy employees end up selling more more business, right? <laughs> so that that was always one, one thing. But you're going to take that experience and you're going to use that as examples. It's going to stick in your memory of, oh yeah, I remember that too. I got to pet the elephant. We did the behind the scenes, got to pet the elephant. I'm going to, uh, you know, I experienced seeing the back of house of what it takes to to manage a zoo. And being on the MS side, I don't get to do that. You know, I sell software. <laughs> but I uh, now I'm more relatable to anybody that I'm speaking to because I know a little bit about what they're doing. You know, if I'm talking to somebody that works with the elephants, now I have a story that I can fall back on and and have hold a conversation with, with them. But ride the ride is just that. It's don't forget to have a little bit of fun. Um, it's it's an awesome industry, but that fun is going to lead to great things in the future because you have that experience and you can share those experiences with other people in the industry. So that's where it stemmed from. And I believe in that strongly. So if you have the opportunity to do something and it, it only takes a couple of minutes sometimes, go and do it. it. It's worth it at the end of the day. Absolutely. Jamie, I love that philosophy. Um, something that I've kind of embraced in, in in my own way, just going to different places where I've been working and maybe it's a zoo or an aquarium that I've never been to before. And I say, well, let me come in a day early and let me experience the attraction as a guest, right? And then you get to see it and you get to you get to understand it through the through the guest's eyes. And I think that's a a, a great um perspective as well. So, you know, having fun, looking at it from the guest perspective, I think it's all, um, it all helps us understand the industry just a little bit better. So I love that. I love that philosophy. So, um, Jamie, this has been just a great conversation and, uh, I can't believe it's flown by so quickly. Um, but if people wanted to get to know you or get to know, um, about, uh, NetServe or your products, uh, any better, where would you send them? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm easy to get a hold of. So I attend, probably 20 trade shows throughout the course of the year. So come, come find me, track me down there. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So please, if you're listening, go link to me on LinkedIn. Um, email, I think you guys will, will post my email. That, no problem with that. Uh, again, the, the the company is NetServe. Our main product is Tatvum Insights. Uh, so you can go to tatvuminsights.com to see anything about the feedback uh, product that we have. 
Uh, NetServe is our, our, our overall company. It's netserve-appl.com. And yeah, I think that, um, again, I'm easy to get a hold of. So any, any of those channels are, uh, uh, any of those channels are, 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 are open. Awesome. Jamie, I will uh, echo Matt's uh, statement or his sentiment. We'll do a sentiment analysis that it was a fantastic <laughs> conversation. Oh, that absolutely flew by. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Uh, so thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And for everyone out there who is watching and listening, just remember, we are all Attraction Pros. Thanks for listening to the Attraction Pros podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you can tune in when new episodes release. And even better, please leave us a review on iTunes. For more information, visit attractionpros.com.